Okay. This is Writer's Retreat for November 13th. I was pausing because I thought I had to tap the got it button again, but it's not showing up. So I think it it knows that I got it. And I hope you all got it. <laughs> uh, so at any rate, here we are. And thank you, Alan, so much. And um, Bob, this is the real recording this time. We had some technical difficulties. Um, so what I was, I was thinking about something earlier that um, I think would be interesting for me at any rate as a mechanism for introducing ourselves. So, and what that was is I was thinking about um, a new outlet for something that I, for some writing that I want to do. You know, I, I did a, I wrote a newspaper column for many, many years that appeared in a variety of papers and I uh, haven't been doing that for four or five years. And I'm starting to feel, you know, when you get to state your opinion for a bunch of people to read every week, it gets a little addictive and I'm started, I didn't miss it and lately I'm starting to miss it. So I, I was thinking about researching some outlets and I realized that I let my writer's market subscription, um, uh, what's the word, you know, when it goes away, I let it lapse a long time ago because I haven't been using writer's market anymore. But then I thought, well, or know about other tools that I have used. So I'm going to start it and then ask each of you to do the same by um, mentioning um, two things. One uh, tool that I've used and another specific current uh, group or podcast because there are so many podcasts about writing and so many Zoom groups and conference call groups about writing. So, um, so Writer's Market was, I think it is still probably considered the Freelance Writer's Bible. And it was the book that um, launched my career by studying and studying and studying it um, in, in my early days via print and sighted readers because there was no other way. So I thought I died and gone to heaven when they put it on a CD-ROM in about 93, 94, and then I could look at it on a CD-ROM. And of course, for many years now, it's been online. And I don't remember what you pay because I haven't renewed my subscription yet, but it's it's worth it. Um, it might be $100 a year. At the very most, it's $100 a year. I think it's less, but it's just writersmarket.com. And um, uh, it lists all of the newspapers, magazines, publishers, literary magazines, um, every kind of periodical under the sun, and gives their their bona fides, you know, the editor, the publisher, um, what they pay, how they want manuscripts submitted. And, um, and, and it'll say things like, you know, unagented writers need not apply. <laughs> So um, at any rate, so so that's that. And then um, uh, as far as current um, 
podcasts and blogs and so forth. There are so many that, that many of you here are involved with. But um, to name one that's a writing tool of sorts that I just get a kick out of it, um, is Wordsmith. It's um, a word a day, and the woman who puts it out is Anu Garb. And I've been subscribed, I don't know, for 20 years maybe. And I don't always read them. Sometimes they get lost for several weeks at a time. But she just gives you an interesting word a day and she picks themes of words. So it's kind of a fun thing. So there you go. Um, so uh, Sally, why don't you go next? Tell us who you are, where you are, and if there's a, a writing tool I, I guess to categorize these, maybe one would be like a resource, which was my writer's market, and the other would be just, you know, any ongoing um, writing tool. Did you say Sally? I did say Sally. Okay. Two, um, two one. Sally you prefer Rosenthal. to be called two one. Five. Yep. Yeah, I've changed my name to a number. Um, <laughs> This is Sally Rosenthal in Philadelphia. Um, I, the most recent writing tool I've used is my little buddy, Lady A, who's sitting next to me, whose name must not be said, because uh. it occurred to me that as I lost more and more vision and finally lost all my vision, I became a terrible speller. And I hated to be a terrible speller. So even before I do spell check as I'm writing and I can't think of how to spell something, I'll ask you know who to spell it for me. Um, so that's that's my little trick of the yeah. day. Since I'm a Harry Potter fan, I think we ought to start calling her she who must not be named. But, uh, <laughs> I have, I have done that. <laughs> I have done that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Or yeah. she who must be obeyed. <laughs> But, okay, Deborah. But, Deborah, I'm, I made you host, and I'm I'm leaving. So, uh, but I, right. I, I would I, I would I would love to stay and listen to y'all, but since I'm mainly a a reader and not a writer, I, I need to go do some exercise. So I'm gonna leave it with you with with, with the superlatives that are here, and I hope y'all have a good meeting. So Thank thanks, you. Alan. Take care. Okay, thanks, Alan. okay, catch y'all next time. So, um, so Sally, and what about any uh, you know online group or blog or uh email um, posty thing i i honestly don't use that much other than behind our eyes and hmm. um i i'm i've just basically sat down and written what i wanted to write and then um because if i if i start to look around at things on the computer a couple hours later, I can still be looking at things on the computer. Um, oh, yeah. I just kind of get sucked. I just kind of get sucked into it, so I try not to do that. But that's exactly. Just yeah. No, I'm very much the same way. Except you probably have more self discipline than I. So <laughs> no, I have I have no discipline. At all. <laughs> so, um, Mary, Mary Highland. Hello. Um, I'm Mary Highland, and I live in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I am like Sally. I use Lady A 
to a great extent for a for a tool, um, not only for spelling but also for synonyms, and she's really been helpful. As far as marketing is concerned, I um, haven't been real successful with that. I haven't really, um, I have not really put very much effort into it, and I I need to do that. So this is. This I, I'm really <clears throat> enjoying this um, um, theme tonight because um, I need that. I I read the Writer magazine and they have about 45 minutes worth of uh, places where you can uh, send your stuff. But like I said, 45 minutes is a long time. The sift through something to try to find something that would be relevant. I, uh, when I hear of a magazine that I think, oh, I, I could write something like that. Oh, especially if I'm reading a magazine, like I subscribe to, um, oh, the name just went away, but it'll come back. Um, uh and i and i and i read these short pieces and i think gosh they got paid to write that i think i could do that um um i'm i'm just always i've always got an ear out for a possibility especially things that are sent into the dispatch um i have written a couple of things for the dispatch of course, I don't get paid for it. I, you know, it's all volunteer. And I would like to have a regular gig where where I would be busy, where I would, you know, I, I, I know it sounds like I'm asking for pressure um, to, to have to write something every week. Maybe once a month would be nice. <laughs> but I know you don't get to pick and choose quite like that. But um, I think writing for a newspaper would be fun to um, pursue. And so far, I haven't gotten very far with that. Uh, and that's my story. Okay. And it's a good story. It's a good story. Um, and I will just say, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I know. I was thinking of you. It's like, oh God, be careful what I, you wish for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, because when I say that, I think about wanting to do something. It was not with. I mean, I, I'm up to my earlobes and assignments as it is. I, I don't, I don't want new pressure. Just an occasional place. Anyway, so enough of that. Um, uh, and yeah, gosh, writers, writer, the writer, um, I have subscribed, well, I don't know how long NLS has been doing it, but I know that when I was first pouncing on every issue, it was coming to my mailbox on flexible discs. So, um, and I can remember picking up that arm on the record player and backing it up again oh, yeah. and again and again and again, yeah. because... In those days, they didn't spell anything. Now, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't, but they didn't spell anything. And so you would hear, you know, this 
publication and this editor name, and you would think, oh, that's perfect for me. But of course, you couldn't spell the name of the street, and you couldn't spell the name of the person, and you couldn't. So I'd, I'd have to get as close as I could. And then I would call the library, that's the library to look it up in Writer's Market. So anyway, so um, that, that's, I should have said that for my resource, my favorite resource since the beginning has been the library. I don't use it anymore so much because the internet makes everything so available to us. But I used to call the library practically daily. You know, I remember, you know, writing a brochure, a brochure on pregnancy and calling the library and say, do you tell me how many babies are born in the United States every year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, you know, librarians love that stuff. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Um, Anne Chiapetta, hello. I'm so happy you're Hi. here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't been around here much lately. Um, but, okay, so my go-to resource for mostly nonfiction, because I write a lot of nonfiction, uh, whether it's poetry or articles or um, essays, things like that. I belong to the Nonfiction Authors Association. It's called NFAA, and it's paid service, okay? But I get uh, a whole lot of information from them. We get, I mean, everything from, you know, how to make a press kit to, um, you know, getting getting. Uh, understanding Amazon and Kindle and how to promote. Um, And they have a weekly email that comes to me and gives me um, podcasts and blogs, eight eight resources that you could potentially use for your material um, to be a guest on a show or a guest on a blog. Some of them are paid. Some of them are not. Some of them um, are services that you pay for as an author for promotional purposes some of them are not, you know, so you have to go through them and really, you know, figure out whether it's for you or not, because it might be sports, it might be cooking, it might be whatever. But I've gotten quite a few podcast guest appearances from being a member of NFAA, and it's $15 a month. So, Oh, wow, that's so, not bad. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not bad at all. And they And they have conferences and stuff, and they have podcasts, they have, they have a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I... I go yeah. there. I mean, uh, a lot for like, if you want to fill out a form, you know, or do you want to know about copyrights? I mean, they really are very good about what they, what they offer. It's all um, relevant and it's, and it's all um, up to date. So, uh, you know, that's my, my basic resource for, for nonfiction and for fiction like you, I go to the writer's market, I go to the internet. Um, I belong to, a lot of different email lists, including Behind Our Eyes and this writer's retreat and um, the blind organizations, ACB and NFB, it belong to all their lists. And so there's a whole bunch of different eggs in my basket that I use um, as a writer. Yeah. (laughs) I should say excellent. but Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. you know, you're mentioning, I don't know NSAA, but that is a very good point, joining organizations. And there, too, it's something that I did a lot of in the first, I don't know, 10, 15, whatever years of um, writing. I 
was very active in two local groups, the Cincinnati Editors Association, and um, it was then called Women in Communication and later changed its name. And I don't know if AWC is still around. I assume it is. Now it changed to Association of Women Communicators. But both of those were fabulous, but they were, I belonged to local chapters. So it gave me an opportunity to hang out with other writers in person once a month and, and hear speakers. And it was really great. But, you know, now so much is virtual. I've, I can see how you could get kind of the same thing from this, this organization that you're talking about. And it shows, Anne, I, you know, I, I have brought up on this meeting before that I'm always a little ashamed that it seems like every other writer in this group and, and others that I know have some sort of tagline signature. And I don't, I never have had, I never have had any kind of um, credits or anything, but I, I notice them. I read them. And especially, you know, when people have funny sayings at the bottom, I always read those, but I like your um, slogan or mantra or whatever you call it. I like it very much. Every time I see it, I think, Oh, I wonder if she paid for that or made that up. That's really good. So, <laughs> oh, well, the the meaningful connections with others through writing. Yes, yeah, yeah I like that, it very I did, much. Uh, that took me a year to, yeah. to figure out. Yeah, and it went well, through many iterations. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's good. It's good, and thank I, you. I, I think, um, yeah, and I think that it's worth it. I think my advice to anyone else would be don't have such a thing unless you give it a lot of time and I'm sure that, that you feel positive about it. So, yeah, okay. I agree. Thanks. Um, Abby, how about you? Abby. I'm here. Sorry. I had to unmute. I was muted so that I wouldn't make any noise. that might disturb you. Um, anyway, um, I'm Abby Taylor from Sheridan, Wyoming. And um, I, first of all, let me really quickly tell you all, in case you didn't see this on the list, that my new book, Why Grandma Doesn't Know Me, is now available from Bookshare. And so you should be able to find it on your favorite Bookshare app by just searching for Why Grandma Doesn't Know Me. Now, to answer Deborah's question, I'm like Annie. I belong to a number of writers' groups. Besides Behind Our Eyes, I participate in a local group. We call ourselves the Third Thursday Poets because we meet on the third Thursday of the month. I also belong to our state poetry society, which is called Y.O. Poets, Y.O. for Wyoming. And I also belong to Wyoming Writers. And um, and let's see, and of course, with there's the Writers Retreat, I also participate in Writing Works Wonders, which is a weekly program that comes on Friday afternoons via ACB Community Calls and on ACB Radio. And it's also a podcast. You can search for that on your favorite podcast app by just searching for Writing Works Wonders. And they have prompts. They have guest speakers. They have activities that they do every week. Their meetings are fun and informative. I look forward to them every week. So that's, you know, that's basically uh, are the tools I use for writing. So excellent. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. Uh, Ann Harrison. 
Hey, um, <clears throat> and welcome back. Thank you. Sorry, I had another meeting last month that <laughs> kind of clashed with this one. So, um, but anyway, I'm Ann Harrison. I'm in Rochelle, Georgia, which is a small town about an hour south of Macon, or hour and a half, should I say. Anyway, and as far as writing tools, there not only am I a member of a bunch of writing groups, uh, Behind Our Eyes, a writer's retreat, and a Christian writing group that a friend of mine does on her Patreon or through her Patreon. Um, but I also get like newsletters like the Winning Writers, uh, Freedom with Writing. They have <clears throat> paying um, paid publishing opportunities. Um, let's see, Women Women on Writing. The they they have their different newsletters, and I also get emails from um, Content Marketing Institute to help to and it kind of gives me ideas for my freelance job. But the fun thing for fiction, uh, there's a bunch of podcasts to listen to, but the fun thing for fiction is National Novel Writing Month. It's a challenge where in the month of November, the challenge is to write 50,000 words in 30 days. So we're in the midst, I'm in the midst of that right now. You're talking about NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo, yes. You're doing it? Yes. I've been doing it since 2014. Good for you, man. I've been doing it since 2014, honey. Oh, I, you know, every, every year, I think this year I'll do it. And then life takes over and I just don't, I can't well, fit it I've in. Got news That's wonderful. That. That's I've wonderful. About that. I wrote the first draft of a children's book and I'm still doing some um, revisions for a mystery and working on a nonfiction craft related book, writing the writing craft book. And then um I'm also starting, I've also written two chapters of another one that's inspired by something I crocheted this week. Well, I, I think NaNoWriMo strictly, though, is, is for novels. Actually, think, no, that's what no? it's supposed okay. to be. But okay. I'm a rebel. I am, an, I am a NaNoWriMo. You don't have to follow those rules to the to the team. Right. You can work on whatever. Okay. okay, okay. Well, that's great. Good for you. That's just, yep. it's really, I it's admire fun. that the discipline. Um, that's wonderful. So, um, okay. Uh, well, one thing that I think that, that was running through my brain listening to all of you that I think if I don't say, then I would be very unhappy with myself later. And um, maybe this goes without saying, but I think it just can't be stressed enough that the most important resource to be a writer is to be a reader. Yep. And I think all too often writers don't read enough. So I might write an essay one day called me and Stephen King, because, <laughs> because one of the things that I love that Stephen King stresses in every interview I've ever heard him do. And he talks about it in his memoir on writing is that he's an addictive reader, that he's always got a book in the car and a book in his pocket and a book by the bed and a book on his desk or whatever, you know, and that I relate to that so much. Um, I read tons of magazines and tons of newspapers. And one of the happiest things technologically for me lately was when I realized that I could get NFB Newsline on both the e-readers um, and my brilliant um, X40 because now I can 
I can download the New Yorker and the New York Times and the and the the you know Braden Bradenton Herald and the Tampa Bay Times and the Cincinnati Enquirer. I can read all these papers and I can jump around and read the headlines and the bylines and read full articles if I want to. And again, you know, talking about how old I am and how long ago I got started. Back in the day, you know, I subscribed to what magazines were available. But I also had to have people read a lot of magazines to me because you can't, you know, think uh, you, you, you can't figure out who might publish your stuff if you're not reading lots and lots and lots of other writers. So I just think that can't be stressed enough that you have to read and not just the things that would ordinarily appeal to you, because I read plenty of stuff just for mindless entertainment because I'm sort of a mindless person, but, <laughs> but, but I, I try to, to go outside my, my usual genres, you know, I, I mean, for example, I've been reading a lot of young adult stuff in the last two years, and my, there's some really fine literature out there that's being written right now for young people that's, you know, um, that's wonderful for all people of all ages. So anyway, well, thank you for indulging me with that. That was a fun little thing. Um, I've heard from two people. And if I add myself, that's three who have pieces of writing to share. So before we get started with the first one, um, th those of you who I did not hear from, Anne and Anne and Sally, did, did you have anything? No. I have something I can, yeah. I'm here okay. just to listen. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Abby, um, we are going to go to you first because I know you said you have another meeting. So yes, I and you have a poem. I, yes. All right. So this is a poem that appears in um the week that the print issue of the Avocet this fall, and it's called Leaf Disposal. We gathered them into bags, placed them curbside. Mother said, we used to burn leaves. It smelled like fall. Let's burn a few now. After a dry year, forest fires raged around us. I couldn't remember the last time it rained. I don't think it's a good idea. Stop being such a chicken. Help me gather leaves into a pile. With a sick feeling in my stomach, I did as I was told. She struck a match. Nothing happened. Leaves drifted away as if knowing their fate. She tried again with no results. After several more attempts, we disposed of leaves in the usual way. The end. Hello? Any comments? Hey, um, Deborah? Yes. I, um, I have a comment, but did you want to start off since you're the leader? Uh, no, actually, my only comment, which, which is kind of, it sounds kind of glib, and I don't mean it to be. I, I really, when I read it, Abby, and when I heard you read it, the same question popped into my head. I wanted to say, what do you mean? What's the usual way? 
the usual way is putting them in the bags and and putting them out by the curb so that the city trucks can pick them up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. I, I thought it went back to the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Mary, go ahead. So I I don't know much about poetry. Um, don't know much about poetry. Anyway, maybe maybe if I saw it on a page, I would understand it better. But what is what is the difference? I mean, when you read it, it was. I mean, it just sounded like a. A little, uh, I don't know, a little memoir or just a little story. And I just wondered, you define what makes that piece a poem? Well, um, and, and, I, and is, I don't mean to be critical. I no, just, no, I just I'm just trying to educated. figure out the best way to answer that because that that is it that is a good question and i don't know if i have an easy answer i think you know what makes it you know if you were to see it on the page you know because i have it you know in line you know in, in certain lines and if you could see it you know you'd know right away it's a poem it's kind of hard when you're listening to it mm -hmm. uh you know to think of it as a poem but this is what's considered non traditional poetry, meaning it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't really have any set meter or any set number of syllables or words per line. It's just kind of uh, free flowing. You know, I end my lines, you know, where I think it would be the best place to end them. And I did send this to the list, Mary. Did you, did you, did you see it on the list at all? Um, no. I okay. Didn't. What you might do uh, is use your screen reader, arrow down line by line, and then you can kind of see, you know, how the line end, you know, which which line ends and which, you know, where the lines end and where the okay. line breaks and the stanza breaks are and everything. And maybe that'll help you understand it a little bit better. It's kind of hard, you know, to describe, you know, poetry to somebody who's, you know, hasn't, isn't that familiar with it and i'm sure i think somebody else if there are other poets could do a better job of explaining this than i can but uh, this is annie i can i could give oh, it a shot thank you annie so mary so when abby read her poem i it i took it as a snapshot of a moment in time and her reflections on the moment and how she connected it to you know to her life and and in that particular moment of standing with her mom and putting the leaves in the bags and and so it's it's a snapshot of words they're like word pictures okay yeah, i think that's that's very good annie and i can't remember one of the problems of reading so much is that um the older i get the less i retain but i know i I just read very recently someone saying that um, something to the, to the effect, this isn't a verbatim quote, but a, a poem allows us to have a feeling even when we, when we didn't share the experience. So, you know, um, and, and the same thing is done in prose, but there's, um, you can, can read a lot about poetry. There are a lot of books about poetry on, on Bard, for example. 
um, if you want to study different formats. But I guess the, the, the important thing to, to, to maybe take away from, from here, from hearing Abby's poem, is just the awareness that, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of kids in school only learn what um, Diane Croft at National Braille Press called your grandmother's poetry. You know, <laughs> well, not that it was bad, because a lot of the poetry that that's rhyme, rhymes and, and is in iambic pentameter and perfect four-line stanzas is beautiful. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to fit that format to, to be poetry. So... And I also think that with poetry, there's an economy of words. Um, yes. if, that, if Abby's piece were nonfiction, I think there would be, it may be twice as long. But yeah. Because it was poetry. Yeah. yeah. Every, every word has to count. Right. right. Excellent. And I think it might be fun. Um, to, I'm just thinking, Mary, of looking. So I'll just throw this out to you as a challenge. Mary's piece is next, and I'm going to read it, and it's an essay. But I think it would be really fun. This would be, this could be a poem. You, I mean, if you could try rewriting it another way. But they haven't even heard it yet, so let them hear it. But, but just think about that. Because okay. think about the things you've heard here, that it's, it's a snapshot it captures a feeling, and there's a real economy of words. I mean, if I think your essay is 600 words, probably to get you wouldn't want the poem to be more than what do you think you all 100, 150? I don't count words in poems, but <laughs> I think about 50 lines is the depending on the guidelines of a, of a if you're going to submit it somewhere. But I think about 50 lines or so is. The yeah, but, but well, right. But this particular thing, you wouldn't want it to be fit because what I didn't count the lines in yours, Abby. But what is yours about 12, maybe 15? Uh, my fingers aren't on it. Oh, let's see. Um, yeah, I, I, let's see. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd have to guess because I don't have it in front of me anymore, so I can't really look. Okay. it's probably about 20. I'm guessing 20, 23 lines anywhere yeah. from there. Okay, okay. It's, you know, and it's funny, I, I've written very few rhyming poems in my life. And Mary, I know you know that one rhyming poem that I wrote a thousand years ago. And it's gotten more attention than any poem ever. So I guess people do still like to hear rhymes. Because it's really, really good. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Anyway, okay. So are we ready for Mary Highland's essay? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Am I ready? I got to get it under my fingers. It was under my fingers and then I went away. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, and I guess the title is, it was like stepping back in time, but that's also the first line. So, okay. It was like stepping back in time as we turned onto the street in Norwood, Ohio, where I lived from 1945 or so until 19... 57 or thereabouts, I had the weird sensation of feeling the years melting away. I had just visited my friend Deborah in Cincinnati last weekend for a marathon gab fest, Scrabble, 
and her coaching me on some technology. And after I said my goodbyes and thanked her for her hospitality, I posed a question to my friend, Dan, as we pulled out of her driveway. Dan had been kind enough to agree to drive me to Deborah's, but he also agreed to make a quick side trip to Norwood. Norwood is known for being one of the first cities within a city. It's a city in Southwest Ohio, but it's completely surrounded by Cincinnati. I had lived in three different houses growing up, but this one was the one where I had my first memories. I walked to school, even starting starting in kindergarten. Because both my parents worked, my mother arranged for an older girl in my school to meet me at the end of my street to walk with me. As we passed each trigger for a memory, I pointed them out to Dan as if they were famous sites on a tour. Here's the corner where there was a little grocery store. Is it still there? Here's the drugstore where I walked to get a soda and read comic books on the floor and then not pay for them. Here's the bar, which used to be called the tap room. I thought that's where people went to tap dance. Here's where my best friend lived. As we got closer and closer to the house, I worried that it would have fallen into disrepair. After all, the neighborhood was old even when I had lived there. The street was so rough, it felt like we were driving over cobblestones. But the houses, although old, looked well-preserved and as attractive as possible. As far as I could tell, nothing had changed. People even lived in my old house. I know this because Dan saw a woman driving toward my house, and to our amazement, she pulled into the driveway. She went into the house and then popped back out to collect her mail. She must have seen us staring at her house, my house, because we drove on down the street. And when we came back past my, her house, the woman was sitting out on the porch steps watching us. Dan waved and smiled and we drove on down that ancient street full of memories. If we had had time to get out and walk, I would have asked Dan to walk with me to my school, which I had thought was a very long distance. But we drove and set the odometer. And when we reached the school, Dan said, are you ready for this? 0.5 miles. Half a mile, I exclaimed. I would have sworn it was at least two miles. That's what we all think when we're six years old and we have little short legs and the street crossings look like crossings into new worlds. Next on our tour was the house where I lived when I was in junior high. I loved that little house in Kennedy Heights, another suburb of Cincinnati, so much so that it often appears in my dreams. It's a tidy little brick ranch that is indicative of my life back then. Tidy, small, and yes, square. The happiest years 
of my childhood were based in that house. The start of serious dance lessons with Jack Luizzo singing in the adult choir, playing waffle ball, wiffle ball with the neighbor kids and loving my two Dalmatians. It was before the death of my adored big brother and my beloved Aunt Lynn. As we headed back north to I-71, I reflected on how fortunate I am to have had the opportunity to step back in time and revisit my youth. What a weird feeling, but wonderful too. I am grateful to Dan for being willing to make that happen. Mm. Anybody have? Well, I guess Mary, I'll, I'll is... comment first. I'll tell you that. Oh, go um, ahead. I um, so I like it very much, and I think I think I told you at some point, Mary, that I did a similar thing. And reading this made me think. Well, I don't know why I didn't write about my experience. I might do that, although it's fuzzier in my brain now. But um, but but I think um. I would like to see, you know, we talk about showing, not telling in writing. And I would like to see more. I would like, for example, when you say, you know, here, there's a corner grocery store. Is it there? There was a drugstore. There was, show us those, show us your memories. Maybe, and if the grocery store isn't there anymore, which it probably isn't, what is there? And 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 let us imagine with you how, you know, the Seven Eleven that's there now, or the gas station, yeah, dissolve Walmart. it into the grocery store that you knew in 1955. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I I think it's good as far as it goes, but I think it could be so much better. Mary, I have a question because I don't know you. Do you have any vision? Now I don't. Then I did. Okay. okay. Do you still have because I don't I don't anymore either, but I have a really good memory of the neighborhood I grew up in and the I I still dream about the little corner store. Uh-huh. Um do you have a picture of that in your mind? The little corner store? No, no. Um, well, that, that, but Are the anything neighborhood? That, yeah, that you could draw from to give uh, us details? Actually, probably, I could, I could do a better job of what I did, but this is for my blog, and I had to make it n- no more than one page. Okay. So I had to be kind of... Um, stingy with my words but if I were to do it again I might describe uh, when I went to the little corner store most of the time I was there to get penny candy but my Mm -hmm. um, and I would describe the penny candy for people that aren't old enough to know about the little I I know what it is (laughs) <laughs> I, I worked the my nickel of, for all I could get out of it. Strips of paper with the little dots on them that you, oh, you yeah. know, pull off with your teeth and the 
and the wax lips and the you know candy and cigars. Malted milk balls too for a penny. Yeah. Yeah, all of that. But um, I also would go for my mom, you know, and I would just tell him he was. Oh, let me talk my my there my. Sorry about that. My phone was yammering about um, something else that was in competition with what we're doing. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I could, you know, I could talk about that. I could, and and the man behind the counter wore a white apron, and mm-hmm. I remember him kind of snapping at me because I couldn't make up my mind which candy I wanted and you know he didn't have all day uh, while I decided and one time I my my mom sent me to the store for five pounds of potatoes and I I rode my bike with basket in the front I thought she said 10 pounds of potatoes and so I could hardly make the bicycle go straight because of 10 pounds on the front handlebars it's a little difficult, but Dan said that that store is still there. I, I didn't get a chance to ask him if the drugstore was still there. I just pretended that it was. So, and I never went into the tap room except on Halloween. Um, we did go in there and we got some candy, and you know, it was all dimly lit and. And uh, that's all I remember about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I yeah. didn't want to put you in a, in a one thing that we, we never, 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 never want to do here is we're not any of us. I don't think are are wanting people to have to defend what they've written. It's your work mm-hmm. and, and you should be proud of it. I I was just saying that I think I think you could make much more of this i think you could um uh and because it was so important to you you know you can write more than one piece and you might want to write a piece or write a poem just about the grocery store and if you don't know what it looks like today make it up you're a writer make it up (laughs) i mean it resonates so much with so many people because we're all of a certain age um, right. I dreamt about the house I grew yeah, up in and a couple I didn't of weeks mean to... ago, and I wanted to go up and tell the people to get out of my house. You know, I was I just didn't want other people living there. Well, I um, I did go to my house um, about five years ago. I went to my house where I hadn't been in forty years, and um, wow. with my one of my best friends from college, and. Um, <laughs> it takes a good friend to do this, right? But we 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 went up this, and it was so amazing. Like like my feet knew this knew the walkway, you know, and knew the porch. Anyway, we rang the bell, and a sixteen year old girl answered the door. And of course, she was nervous. Like, and so I said right away, we, we, we okay, we're not lunatics, and you know, we're we're we don't want to sell you anything. This sounds really crazy, but. When I was your age, I lived in this house, and I think about it a lot, and I dream about it, and I wanted to see it. I live very far away now. And um, anyway, she talked to us a little bit, and I asked her if we could come in, and she said she had to call her dad, and she went to call her dad, and she did, and he was a cop, and he came home. 
<laughs> and he, he invited us in. They were charming. It was so cool. I had babysat the kids behind. So I said, yeah, the Strasbaugh's lived, used to live back there. And he went, oh, my God, you knew the Strasbaugh's? And I said, yeah. And he said, Greg is my best friend. And I said, I changed Greg's diapers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was great. And the house, um, well, like Mary says in this essay, how things seem so much bigger. Our house seemed so big to me when I lived in it, but it yeah. it's a little house. It's a little Cape Cod. And there were two bedrooms on the first floor. My parents had one and I had the other. And my four brothers were all upstairs. And it's in, in, in sort of bedrooms. The upstairs was never finished, but it was really like kind of two halves. I didn't go upstairs, but what was really neat was that, and Marilyn remembered because she was my friend when we were teenagers. So she had been in the house before. And Megan, the 16-year-old, had my room. Her, my room was her room. And her desk Aww. was where my desk had been. And get this. And she had, I can't remember the book, but she had a book lying on the because it was summer. She was doing her summer reading for junior year in high school. And I forget what the book was, but it was a classic that, of course, we've all read. And Marilyn noticed that and told me that, you know, like, oh, my gosh, her desk is where you're. And she had two little brothers that she was babysitting, which is how I spent my summer. We didn't see the brothers. But anyway, so <laughs> but but I think I, I think, you know, since we everybody relates to this, I guess, is what I'm saying. Everybody yeah. has memories, good or bad, maybe some are bad, but of childhood places and i think that showing it would really be some lovely reading um showing the corner store and and, and you say in that one place where my best friend lived and so my brain went who was it what was her name and i mean i think because i know you that it was linda but i think what was her name what you know how old was she you know what, what she? um deborah yeah. I am missing about half of what you're saying, and I don't oh. know. If, I don't know if it's your computer or mine. Is everybody oh. else hearing? I'm everybody hearing Deborah yeah. just fine. fine. Okay. Oh. oh okay. Boy. I don't know how to get that fixed, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Are you on the computer or the phone or what? I didn't. I didn't look. What? Are you on the computer or? The phone or no? I'm know, on my you? I'm on my laptop. On your laptop, okay. Well, anyway, anything you want to know that I said, I'll, I'll tell you later in another yeah. conversation. <laughs> so anyway, um, but if it's okay with everybody, I wanted to read something. Can I do that? Okay. Um, actually, I wanted to read two something, so I have to pick. Wait a sec. And don't forget that um. Somebody else had something. Either. I've oh, got Anne. something that I can share. And I'm sorry I didn't send it to the list, but I just wrote it this morning. Okay. okay. I've been writing all day. Um, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead then, Anne, because hey, I'm, I'm pulling mine up. And... Okay. It's a little nursery rhyme that I wrote um, inspired by a crocheted, a little candy corn stuffy thing that I learned in the ACB crafters crochet class. So it's called candy corn nursery rhyme. 
Candy corn, candy corn sitting, sitting on the wall, dangling his legs so he won't fall. Will he fall apart or land on his feet? Will his fall be messy or will it be neat? He jumps off the wall, landing on his rump, bouncing from room to room, thumpity thump thump, bringing joy to kids of all ages as he inspires me to put words on pages, setting my creative spirit free. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Very so sweet. It's, yeah. Is that going to be like a preface to the book, you mean? Or I probably could do that. Like um there's a it's a candy corn's Christmas surprise. I probably could do that. I put it on my blog so people could see it, but that's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so I have two things. One is 300 words, one is 600 words. And I'll tell you guys what they are and you pick. One is I found a review um, that I wrote uh, of a book that a friend of mine wrote. And I read his book on Amazon and then I wrote a review, which I never do. So it's like one in a million that I was inspired to write a review. So one is the review and the other is uh, one of my former columns that I came across. It's about 10 years old, but it's called Disability Pride. So do you want to hear the book review or the disability pride i'm interested in the book review myself but it's up to i'm, I'm gonna leave I'm book gonna, review okay. or what what was the other it's a column called disability pride oh. i'll i'll do the book review it's shorter too anyway and i and, and it fits in with what i was you know um ranting about earlier that we have to be readers if we expect to be writers anyway so so when I um about three or four years ago I discovered there was a writers group in the place where I now live when I live in Florida which is sort of half the time and um the guy who leads this writers group was an English professor at Penn State or somewhere in Pennsylvania anyway um, and he's written a number of books that he's self-published them all on Amazon. But he started telling me about one of them, which was about Kent State and um, Kent State 1970, to be specific. Uh, it's called, um, I think it's called Love and War at Kent State. And I read it because that was such a pivotal moment in my young life. It's such an important You were there. Thing. Yeah. Well, I wasn't there there. I, it dramatically changed, that, right. changed my life. I wasn't there yet. I went there to school. Oh. Later. But um, yeah, I know everybody thinks that, that I was there, there. But anyway, so I, and I, 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 Mike is such a great guy and he's such a good writer. And so I wrote a review because he asked me to. Um, so anyway, this is, this is it. Where were you when the National Guard killed those kids at Kent State? is one of those questions that everyone born before, say, 1954, can answer immediately. I know where I was that day, and for the few short years that led to and away from that shameful page in our history. Love and War at Kent State has taken me back to that time and place on a journey marked both with nostalgia and new clarity. John Michael Miller has woven a fictional love story into the fabric of mystifying facts from 1967 
1970 that led to that Kent State tragedy. Both are poignant and compelling. If you were on Kent State's or any other campus during those years, this book will transport you again to the late night discussions of politics and literature, the music of Pete Seeger, the shifting roles for women and black and other minorities, and the distinct aroma of marijuana drifting from your neighbor's window. And if you didn't live in the era, walk those halls or play music in the same bars, Jake Ernst will make you feel as though you did. John Michael Miller has achieved what historical fiction can do when it is at its finest, given us characters we care about deeply in a place we want to see more. And he has tied it all together with an unfolding tale that is an important piece of our history. If you were there, this wonderful book will take you back and help you understand it better. If you weren't born yet, this book will take you there and help you understand it better. If the culture of 1967 through 1970, the Vietnam War, civil rights struggles and victories, folk and protest music, or even British literature aren't all that interesting to you, you'll love the book for its complicated romance. For me, this riveting book prompted me to dust off my guitar, mm -hmm. revisit some beloved British poets, and look for more books by John Michael Miller. Wow. That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I recommend his book. It's really good. And, you know, yeah. granted, it was probably more so to me because his main character is a teaching assistant in the English department. Well, I was a teaching assistant in the English department. So he was, you know, <laughs> it was the building where I lived my life, you know. <laughs> um, and, and then, yeah. you know, and I was still, I don't play music anymore. But in those days, I thought I was going to be a folk singer. And I mean, I was a folk singer, but I thought that's how I was going to make my living. And so I, you know, I played in the bars that he talks about and that he puts in the story. And what's really cool, he didn't go to Kent State. He just really did his research. You know, I asked him because he was at Ohio State at the time, but he said when he decided to write this book, he did a really smart thing. He got online and he found the archive of all the Kent State um, papers, you know, the the, the college newspaper, yeah. which is mm, kind of ironic yeah. because as a blind grad student, I couldn't read that damn paper. I probably never read it. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I had enough, you know, reading all my all my British lit and the stuff I was teaching. And anyway, but um, that's what it, that's where he got like to put the places and make them real. And oh, it's just it's such a he's a really good writer. I recommend the book anyway. So, um, and he's written a whole bunch of others and I haven't read any of the others yet. I've heard portions of some of the others, but um, anyway, so. Sounds uh, good. Makes me yeah. want to get out Marge Piercy again. It, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So anyway, well, um, I think 
Let's see, we started late, so I wasn't as worried about the time, but I think, does anybody have any any burning issues you want to share, talk about, whatever, before we call it a night? Well, it's not an issue, but it is news. I'm almost finished with my editing course. Well, good for you. Say that again, Anne. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't. I said I'm almost finished with my editing course. You're taking an editing course. Yes. Yes. Editing and proofreading with the Chicago Manual of Style through the Editorial Freelancers Association. Great. Great. Yeah. How long is the course, Anne? It's a, it, it, you have up to six months to do right. it. It's like 16 lessons. It started on June the 14th and the end date is December 15th. But I've kind of been, you know, doing a bit more to try to get through it. Some of the stuff is still hard, you know, with the titles because the Roman set and italicized setting the way it's supposed to be set. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff is a little bit difficult. And some of the rulings with titles, I don't quite mm-hmm. get, but. The cite the citations the cite the source citations are different with Chicago than they are with like APA. Yes, they are. Or that right. way. Yeah. A lot of publishers use Chicago. Yeah. So and and Annie, I um was I thought you know when we went around and talked about resources that you would talk about your new thing, but you didn't. So I'll ask you to talk about it. What what is this thing you're doing? Um, with uh, behind our eyes. I, oh, I sure, the post. book launch program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, thank you. So, yeah. all right. So, if you're if you're a behind our eyes member, or if you want to become a behind our eyes member, and you're uh, an author who has um, a book that's you know been is going to be published, or has been published within the last calendar year, I think is what we agreed on. Um, but don't quote me on that one. I have to go look at the guidelines. Um, um, so what we do is we have a book launch, a book launch team, and we we help you, uh, the author. Uh, we're your cheerleaders. We can um, we can get you set up with somebody who has been previously published for as a coach. Give you some reference materials, um, and we help you um, design your presentation. So you can practice a a full hour presentation on Zoom um, to promote your book, like a practice session before you go and step out into into other areas of marketing. So um, so that's what we decided to promote. And that's uh, we have a first book coming out in January. Um, uh, Carol Farnsworth, her her book. Leaf Memory is going to be presented, and I'm going to be interviewing her. And then after that, we have we have Sally's coming up at some point, right, Sally? I'm in April. I'm in April. You're in April. All right. So, oh, so we're yay. booked all the way to I'll April with yeah. authors. I just so, I just got an email from Leonore Dworkin that um, she's going to begin my editing very soon. She's just finishing a product. So, oh, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. great. So, yeah. so, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's offered only to behind our eyes members, but it's easy to become a behind our eyes member. You fill out a short form on the internet and boom, um, you'll get like an inter- introduction packet. Um, and, uh, it'll have information in it and you can contact, you know, 
know, anybody in the group. We have 10 people more or less who are working as coaches in the program. So we have a, a wonderful cadre of, um, of folks and it's just been so much fun and getting to know everybody and interacting and oh, it's really exciting. Great. Yeah. So. That is wonderful. Well, you, you wouldn't know it because I never show up, but I've been a behind our eyes member for a long time. I just, I oh, know I'm, I'm I, a lurker I just, too. <laughs> yeah. But Annie, so, if you need somebody to do interviews, please put my name in the hat for that. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Um, I mean, we do right now. We're just, we're, we're having the people on the, on the team be the interviewers, but if you know somebody who wants to be interviewed by you, or we can, if, if they don't, they say, eh, and I could suggest you for sure. Um, yeah, that's do. always, yeah. Since I'm a cool. podcast host, I've been doing it for over yeah. two years. Oh, and, and you also, you also um, do Christian fiction and nonfiction stuff. We don't, I don't think we have anybody that actually. I do uh, Christian ha- fiction more so. I do mystery. Mm-hmm. I do po- uh, some poetry too, so. Oh, I, I'll email you. <laughs> okay yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. we have like a, a list of people who um who have specific genre um uh expertise and we'd like to get as much of that represented on the list as possible so i don't have any problems adding you to the list i just got to run it by the team okay that's cool yeah. mm-hmm. so and now um you said it had to be within the last calendar year so Mary's might be longer ago than that. Mary, when did you publish your book? Well, my my book came out right before the pandemic started. And yeah, that so might be t- very um, little was done. I mean, I just I I wrote a, I wrote to a bunch of people um for various reasons, you know, trying to get it publicized and nobody wrote me back and those who did said oh you know it's a pandemic and and there's Mm. you know shortage of people to help and blah 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 so it just never got promoted yeah i I, my book words of life was out in 2020 as well and i'm still struggling to promote that book so i know how you you email me too i'll get you on my podcast as well Okay. All right. So Mary, I think, I think if I, um, if I asked the group, if that would be all right, like poets who got stuck in the, in the pandemic, uh, pause, you know, what, maybe we could work something out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's something I, I, we didn't think about that. Yeah. Cause so I, like it. I, would I, how would I, I would I find, um, I mean, I, uh, I used to, to, belong to that i guess i you know just i, I don't know i thought i thought you were behind our eyes member i was well i was on the list serve is that a member yeah 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 if, <laughs> yeah, but, if you, re- if you dropped, receive yeah i dropped it because it was there was too much traffic on it and and i meant to drop the other one instead so I'm not getting Deborah's announcements of these meetings either because I dropped the wrong one. So now I need to get back on it. And I'm not sure I have the information to, to I'll get back on I'll tell you what I it. can do. I have both of your email addresses. How about I'll just do an introductory email 
Annie, this is Mary. Mary, this is Annie. And yeah, okay. You can, Annie can yeah, coach you yeah. from there and get you yes. connected. Yes. Because since you were already on the, I mean, I could send you the, you know, a message that I think has subscription info at the bottom, but it'd be better if it came from. Yeah. And so, yeah, I want to check if you're still on our member list. We have a membership roster and I can, I can check okay. to see if you're still listed on there. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, Deborah, get, copy me on something you sent her and I'll follow up. What? <laughs> Say that again? What? Co copy, co copy me on, on something that you sent to me. Like, hey, Mary, this is Annie. Annie's going to follow up. Just right. send that to me so I don't forget. Because I'll forget. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Is I'll send a message right. to both of you so right. then it's, you can take it from there and I'll be, gotcha. I'll step out. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, well, I've enjoyed this very much. And if anybody has any ideas of things that you'd like to do next time or whatever, just drop me a note and, um, or post to the writer's retreat list. And, um, we're there where we threw such a fit about there being so much traffic at the beginning that there's almost no traffic, but that's okay with me. So. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, I told you that I, I forgot the name of that um, magazine that I listen, listen to all the time, mm -hmm. and I couldn't remember it, and I said it would come back. It did. It's Choice Magazine Listening. Oh, and okay. I don't know if you, if you ever listen to that, but I, I really right. enjoy it because it's got, it's got articles from really top-notch magazines. Yes. It yes. Doesn't have much about how you can, <laughs> yeah, you know, write to them and to see if they would publish no. your stuff. But no, no it is a way to get more reading done. Yeah, yes. you know, it's all one place. More good, you know, good stuff. Yeah, that's 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 a great magazine. I've been an off and on again since back in the day when it was on flexible discs and then cassettes yeah. and then downloadable. But I've never, I don't know what it is. I just, I never finish an issue. Almost never. They're just. Oh, I don't read so, every single. Story. There's so much in it, um, but there's there is a lot of a lot of good, good stuff. Good stuff. But I I I kind of. You know, I, I, I just read all over the map with magazines. I read political magazines and, yeah. um, you know, I thought I died and went to heaven when uh, all these years of wanting to read the New Yorker and being like this starving child that I could read the New Yorker whenever I had a friend who was generous enough to read me two articles, you know, but yeah. now, now you can read the, the whole yeah. thing. I, I, mean, I actually you know, got, um, I went to Forbes and they have audio buttons for each article now that you can listen to. Really? I was shocked. Wow. Yes. Also use the immersive so reader cool. on Microsoft Edge with Forbes too to read through mm -hmm. past the ads and stuff. I well, gotta go back and I gotta read more. You know, because I, was I like, saw wow. that when that article came out, um uh that that Deanna was quoted in, that New York Times article. Mm -hmm. That guy i i saw that there was an audio button i mean i just read it because that's mm -hmm. what i wanted to do but 
I saw that there was an audio button and I thought, so is that a new New York Times thing? I mean, you can read it on Newsline and you can read it all kinds of places now. So you don't really, but it just shows that we're getting through. I mean, yeah, Yeah. a few people are hearing us. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, well uh, thank you. Good night, everybody. I gotta go. Good night. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for Bye. being here. Bye. Yes. Bye. 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 Debra. Yes. Can you stay on for a minute? Uh, I'm just gonna add- let me let me stop the recording. Okay. We're recording. And I can't find it. Something. Yeah, let me, the only way I know to do it is to hang up. I'll just call you the old-fashioned way. Okay. Call. Mm-hmm. Decline. Decline. Hello. what I think all he does is cut out the intro. So, you know, the, the, you know, which, which is why I like to just start fresh. Anyway. Yeah. Well, um, I don't, I don't really want to talk very long because I'm really, really tired. But I, I did actually have a question that I was going to put forth to the group, and all of a sudden, everybody's saying, "Bye, bye." I'm like, "Wait, I'm <laughs> <Okay>. not done." <laughs> so today, I got a call from a guy who was volunteering at the Bexley Library, and they were trying to sell, um books on cd and they weren't having any luck so they wanted to give them away to somebody and did i know it you know any place that maybe people could use them well what i wanted to say was just throw them away because nobody uses those they're too and i did actually tell them that it's going to be hard to get rid of them because people have, you know, the technology is more advanced and it's just hard to deal with CDs. But I said I would take them and I'll contact somebody at ACB Columbus to see if there's any point in dragging them over there to a meeting because there's a couple hundred Okay, so uh, I haven't thought about that, but before I say my thought, let me just tell you the dilemma that I'm in right now. I can't find my walker. Oh, oh, so you're a little just. I've walked around the table twice. Um, 
Okay. Oh boy, this is not cool. Anyway, um, so I have two ideas. One is that people still sell them on the uh, wine lists that and people must still be buying them because they see them for sale. Uh, so that's one, but another idea, what I've done with things like that when I don't want them anymore is take them to half-price books um, because there are people who collect these things, CDs and cassettes and vinyl records. And if you take them to half-price books, you know, they won't give you, they'll give you a for them. Uh, then, then you have the satisfaction of Yeah. So. Oh, I wonder if he knows about. I. He probably knows about half price books, and I. I better call him tomorrow. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, Mary, where's Tori? Where is he? What? Your walk? You still haven't found your walker? Yeah. I mean, I got here. I didn't get here without it. Did it maybe fall? It didn't fall over, did it? No. Oh, this is ridiculous. Nobody, um, walk, nobody walked off with it. We just were, we weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some guilty culprits. Um, anyway. By the way, was I a total bitch or what to Miss Abby? But she, God, she annoys the crap out of me. You know what? I've been on other calls with her where she's getting ice out of the ice machine. It's crash, crash, crash. Oh, my God. Like, what a self-absorbed lunatic. Oh, I just found it. I mean. Oh, yeah, then she, then she, then she. You know, made it sound like you were such a um, a bitch for. Um, I know, but don't you know? I, it worked. I'm glad you did it. Um, I yeah. I think if you, I think the only thing is, you know me. I I tell it all. I just say it once. You you have a habit of saying it more than once. Yeah. No, so it sounds like you're being really you know scolded. And right. and um and then if it's and then if need be say it again. Right. Um, but she did take the hint quite well and she was a little annoyed, but that's all right. She's annoyed the rest of us a lot more. Yeah, well Alan was great. But <laughs> the way Alan was almost more scornful than I was because he was like, well, do not disturb isn't going to. Yeah. Do not disturb is so it doesn't make noise to you. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> like, what an idiot. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't care. And, um, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of uh, Andy Chiazetta, I think she's really cool. And I think a lot of Sally and you. So I didn't want any of you to think I was rude. But on the other hand, she doesn't take a hint. I get what you're saying. I do repeat myself when I'm upset. But on the other hand, she doesn't take a hint. Yeah. I mean, 
it took more than once because she knew it was that she was the one. I don't know. What, you know? She, what do you think she was doing? It, it would sound like she was rubbing up against the microphone. Oh, she's so obnoxious. I mean, I, I have her on several meetings where she's, and, and then she'll say, and somebody will say, what's that horrible noise? And she'll yeah. say, oh, well, I was just getting ice to get ice water. Well, yeah, dumbass. That <laughs> makes a lot of noise. Like, what is wrong with her? Yeah, do it before the meeting, for Pete's sakes. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I mean, she, but I, I, I knew she, like, she sounded like it was a major imposition when she said, well, I had to unmute myself since I was bothering you so much or whatever she said. And I thought, yeah, yeah and it was really pleasant in here while you were not right. with us. I thought maybe she left. I thought maybe she got mad and left. And I thought, well, well she, good. <laughs> she um, she had sent a message that she had to leave after 45 minutes, which is why I had her go first. Yeah. And and I, I had written to her that I would make sure she got in before yeah, well, the 45 was, minute mark. That was so, good. That was good. So, yeah. well, don't forget to send me um, a note about how to get back on to be, is it be my eye, be? I'll be my yeah, eye. but what it's called is writers' party lines. Oh, I, I thought it was behind our eyes. Well, it is, but it's confusing. The list is called writers' party line. The group is called behind our eyes, but there's no list called behind our eyes. Okay. The list is called writers' party line. So now do you think maybe we're still on it? Well, what? what? I think you deleted the group because you don't get the announcements until I send them to you. I know I don't. So I, I delete, I, what did I delete? Not the, I think you deleted my group, which is writer's retreat. Oh, well, I didn't mean to do that. I, I, does yours have a lot of traffic? Almost none. There's one guy who posts quotes every day which are really pretty interesting when I read them. And every once in a while, people post something they've written, but it's very, very little. I mean, there's like typically one or two messages a day. Oh. I don't post. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the sad thing is, technically, Ann Parsons was in charge of managing the list because when Bob asked me, I said, I didn't have time for an email list. I'd run the group once a month. Um, but Ann died a couple months ago, and I kept forgetting to tell the group. I thought about it again tonight, and I thought, well, it's kind of late. They probably all Well, who died? Ann Parsons. You remember she had a big, deep voice? She, no. She I... was there all the time in the beginning, and then she stopped coming. But she had a big, deep voice, and she talked over everybody. Not Marsha, but that kind of a voice. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. I thought there was an Ann Parsons with us tonight, so that's wrong. So there's Annie, Anne, Annie Chiapetta. And who is the other Ann? Ann Harrison. Harrison. Okay. Yeah. Who was the one who this one time a Bible verse came up, and she said she'd read it. And she read 
you think you don't read well, you read flawlessly next to her. She read like one word an hour. (laughs) I mean, at the time you were well aware because we talked about it and you were both like horrified. Like, why didn't she just say, I can't read well. Right. We had to struggle through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's Ann Harrison. Well, I wish more people would, would come in a way. I, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'd rather have some quality people than a lot of doofuses. Oh, I, I know. Like, like you a know, Bill. We have you and Sally and Annie Chiapetta. What that made me really happy. I mean, there was no Marsha and Abby left early and Ann Harrison, <laughs> you know, yeah. she's manageable. No Bill. <laughs> No Bill, whatever his name was. Yeah, Remember he him? fell off the grid. He did. Nobody Nobody reached down to pull him back up. <laughs> no, not me. That's not my job. <laughs> I just show up. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'll get back. I'll, I'll get back on that list. Um and um and try to do better about getting I don't know what to do about my the sound. I thought when you were reading my piece, I thought you're not reading the last line of the the last word on the line, but it was that it was cutting out on so many of the lines. And I was thinking, I hope they're getting this because it sounds kind of funny because so many words were missing, but it was my computer. It had to be because they all said when you said you couldn't hear me, they said they were hearing everything. Yeah, they heard everything. Let me so think. you didn't hear my, my book review of Mike's. I did. Book. I did. It was good. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes me want to read it, except that I'm not that interested uh, yeah. in, in the book. And um, I mean, your, your review was good, but it, it didn't make me want to go out and buy it. So, or read it. I have so many other things to read. Right. Well, you know, being in two book clubs has just been like having homework to do. And this, and the one that that's on Monday night, I don't even like that book. So I I quit because I. Which book are they reading now? Is that Unsheltered, or they moved on? Oh, they moved on. They moved on. You know, it's quick. You only, you have to get it done in two weeks. Um, I forgot the name of it. Um, but it's just full of, um, of profanity and, and I mean, worse than profanity and, and violence and guns. And I thought, this is a cowboy book. I, I you know, I am not reading. So I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'd be interested to go to the, the meeting and see what people say. So yeah, well, <laughs> I was, I was so crushed, you know. I knocked myself out to read that twenty-three hour book again about Joni Mitchell and Carol King. Yeah, I came. and It was such a terrible experience. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not real driven to come back. Wait a minute, what, what happened? Well, just 
nobody understood the book or liked the book. There was one person, her name was uh, Desi, who uh, I don't know her, but she sounded like she liked it, but yeah. nobody else even got it. I don't know. Um, Nolan Crabb does a thing once a year called the Fall Classic, and I've gone once or twice. He's been doing it for 10 or 15 years, and I am so mad because I only go when I want to read the book. So I know I went when they read To Kill a Mockingbird. And I think I read went when they read Tale of Two Cities. Well, anyway. So this year they were going to read Anna Green Gables. And I had some real emotional stuff around that book because I had a teaching gig I think around 2012, 2013, it was this weird thing where this medical company found me 